Next on BYUSN, it is a Masters-themed BYU Sports Nation as we look at the most impressive accomplishment by a BYU athlete. Plus, what is the BYU tradition that is unlike any other? Is it last year's video again? What? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, April 6th, a date significant to some, and of course, this green-jacketed opening day of the Masters. I am Jerem Jordan, alongside Dave McCann. Nice Quarter zip, man. It felt right. It, it felt right. It today. is right. We're trying to usher in spring. Yeah. It's going to be in the 50s today. Most of the snow around here is going to start to melt. And there's golf on TV at Augusta. Their flowers are in bloom. Ours haven't even budded. Yeah, we, we need snow to uh, melt in the yard. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the last couple of days have been gnarly. We're going to get some good weather and enjoy watching some golf the next couple of days. And, of course, Easter weekend. Yeah, and some good baseball weather, too, here, which we're starting Finally. for. Great show today. Uh, an interesting topic is Mike Weir's green jacket, the greatest individual victory of a BYU athlete. And there's a lot of athletes that have done a lot of things. We'll also debate the BYU tradition unlike any of the others. If you could serve up the champion's dinner at the Masters, what would be on your menu? That's straight ahead. Plus, Mike Weir is a lefty. So is left fielder Cooper Vest. Vest is in studio this morning as we set the tone for the season opener later today with BYU baseball against San Francisco. First, here come the headlines. Rudy Williams declares for the NBA draft. He averaged 12.8 points per game last season for the Cougars. Good luck to Rudy in that process. Also, BYU is not one of the teams listed in the Big 12 Big East battle next season. Why that's actually okay with us later. 2023 Masters underway, as Jared mentioned a moment ago. Mike Weir, the 2003 champion of the green jacket, has completed his first round. He's tied for 15th, finished at even par. That's a good round for Weir at Augusta National. Baseball begins a three-game series at home, as Dave mentioned, with San Francisco tonight. 8 Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps as the Cougars look to right the ship. Uh, pretty banged up, but like Dave mentioned, we'll talk to Cooper Vest coming up. Also, the team announced two signees for next year in uh, Camden Daly, a right-handed pitcher from Blackfoot, Idaho, and Seth Rajak, an outfielder from Apple Valley, California. Take everybody they can get heading Let's into go. the Big 12. Women's tennis hosting the Washington Huskies today at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Huskies ranked 16th in the country. Cougars looking to bounce back after a loss last week to San Diego. Swim and Dive signs Ellie Boyer, Tatum Cooley, and Annie Richner, who is the granddaughter a former BYU men's basketball coach, Dave Rose. Pretty cool story there. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. In the vast history of BYU athletics, there have been some tremendous athletic accomplishments, of course. Many of those required a great team. Today we focus on the individual, Dave, on the opening day of the Masters. So we discuss what you just mentioned. Is Mike Weir's 2003 Green Jacket, winning the Masters, the greatest individual sports accomplishment by a BYU athlete. I think it's very underappreciated. Uh, and he's the only one that's walking around here with a green jacket. Um, and it might be, but we started putting a list together of some of the others that have been fantastic. And let's keep with golf. You got Johnny Miller, who won two majors. Never did win a green jacket, but... Uh, Best golfer ever to come out of BYU, Absolutely. minus a jacket. Yep. So Johnny Miller's on that list. And then you start looking at the runners. Ed Eyestone, two-time Olympian, ten-time All-American. Three-time national champion. Had the triple crown, right, in 84 and 85? And how about Frank Fredericks, four-time silver medalist at the Olympics. Namibia's first Olympic medalist, three-time NCAA champion. And that just gets the list going. 
Yeah, it, there have been some awesome ones. Obviously, National Players of the Year uh, in Jimmer Fredette and Danny Ainge. Ty Detmer winning the Heisman. Shauna Robach taking silver in the bobsled in the 06 Winter Olympics. Kresmer Chosich leading Yugoslavia to a gold medal in 1980. Jen Hampson uh, leading BYU in one year to women's basketball Sweet 16 and the national championship game in volleyball. There have been some unbelievable individual accomplishments. The one that sticks out that compares to Mike the most is Steve Young winning the Super Bowl MVP in 95. Certainly football, the most popular sport in this country. That is the highest honor. Uh, the season MVP is the best player, right? And Steve did that uh, twice. Winning the Super Bowl MVP, pretty cool. But Steve's requires a team. Yeah. It requires someone to snap it to him, to block for him, to catch it. I think that Mike Weir's 2003, given that no one thought he was going to win it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Individual accomplishment. Individual is the best from a BYU athlete ever. I, I really think it is. I can see the argument for Steve. I can see the argument for any of those that we just How about presented. For Ty. For Ty. For Ty, absolutely. The field. The field is was where there were thousands of people competing for a shot at the Heisman Trophy. And then when it got down to the final list, it was three or four, including Rocket Ismail, who we beat. But he had to take on college football to get that. Yes. The Masters field is limited. They're the best in the world, but but you're not taking on a whole you're not taking on thousands of kids. But but Ty required a team. Someone had to catch the ball. Someone had to hike it. Someone had to block for him. And I think you're right. No one no one putted for Mike Weir. You know, he yep. had to deal with weather. He had to deal with all the elements in yep. 2003, and, uh, and he beat some really good golfers. Yeah, I, I think you're right, uh, especially on a day like today. We salute the green jacket. Yeah, recency bias certainly plays into this, and it's the day of the Masters. Right. You're, heck, you're wearing a, a Masters shirt. How can um, I say Yeah, well, I'm not wearing a Super Bowl shirt um, <laughs> for Steve. Your only help is a dude in a white jumpsuit who looked like, like he might be going to do baptisms. <laughs> you know came, what I mean? Or came like, from Ghostbusters. <laughs> or came from Ghostbusters. It is uniquely individual. Golf, the pressure is uniquely on you. Yes, you have someone helping you, but it's one person that's right there. Ty Detmer wasn't just with his offensive coordinator and that was it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a team. So while all of those accomplishments are unbelievable, I just think the individual nature of golf and the pressure of that, and also the history and tradition of the Masters. It's not like Ty won the Heisman while playing in a historic venue against a historic team. You know what I mean? It's, it's a whole season. It's unbelievable. All of these are unbelievable. I'm not disparaging these in any way. I just think the individual nature is just unique in golf. Dan Forsman, uh, who lives in Provo, uh, Carl Tucker introduced him to his wife, Trudy, at an event at Riverside, even while Forsman was at Arizona State. He played in the Masters six times. Mm. He was one shot back on Sunday afternoon, coming to the 12th. And uh, he said the crowd was cheering his name. He never experienced anything like it. He hit two into Ray's Creek, and that was it. Finished seventh. Um, but he said the pressure that you just feel, especially in your backswing. You know, it's one thing to just get set and all that stuff. But then you're right here. Um, it, it's uh, unlike any other, especially with the gallery, the history, the worldwide television audience, and it's only you. That's, that's unique. That's pressure most people will never experience. And seventh is unbelievable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was just, disappointed, but it was seventh. Just to play in that tournament. Yeah. And, and, and you think about it, too. Mike doing that is, is the greatest accomplishment from BYU Golf that has a story tradition of amazing players yeah. in the 1981 National Championship. It is the crown jewel of BYU golf, too, is that Mike won that. The crown jewel of BYU football 
is that they won the 84 title, but it's also that Ty won the Heisman in 90. Right. Right. And he sort of stood on the shoulders of all these amazing quarterbacks. Uh, Mike Weir sort of did that when he stands on the shoulders of the Millers and the Clearwaters and so on and so forth at BYU. And, uh, you know, Carl Tucker's amazing legacy yeah. at BYU was sort of on display uh, in one of his guys winning the Masters. So if you throw Steve up there and Weir, you're talking about two lefties who got it right. Yeah. In, on the world's biggest stage. How about that? Left-handers unite. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to my dad and my father-in-law, both so, lefties. And my dad's a lefty. <laughs> hey, there you We're go. surrounded by lefties. Just lefties. Help us choose a right. <laughs> nice. So congratulations to where he finishes at even par. He's done. He got out. And they, they Even's right a around. nice opening round. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then at the end of the day, we'll kind of see uh, those, those long hitters eventually just overtake these older guys. Yep. Um, a lot of controversy with Jack there. Nicholas. Dominating, dominating, and then all of a sudden the world passed him by on that golf course. Um, and, and so we'll see at the end of the day, but even par, he's got to be in the clubhouse having a, a turkey sandwich right now feeling pretty good. Yeah, so maybe an egg salad, you know, for like a 275. Maybe, maybe <laughs> whatever, whatever it is that I guess. It's still cheap. <laughs> all right, in the spirit of the Masters, which games from this past year at BYU would you qualify as well, let's use some golf lingo. Uh, a quadruple bogey mm-hmm. or snowman. I'm used to that one. <laughs> bogey, par. Which game was a birdie? Which game was an ace? Yep. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to mix football and ba- uh, men's basketball here. The snowman or the eight, uh, that would be South Dakota. That was a very disappointing uh, yeah. loss. If you get a quadruple bogey out there, it takes you out of contention. That game really That's whole one typically that game for me. took BYU. That took something out of it. Yes, later we, I mean, it was a sign early of, oh, shoot, there's an issue. And BYU, uh, to their credit, kind of after that, after UVU figured some things out, unfortunately, in, in league, lost a couple games there. Okay, the bogey game. Notre Dame loss. It was right there, man. Like, yeah. para birdie, a win, was right there for BYU. Unfortunately, couldn't seal the deal with maybe another stop, and then obviously a fourth down gets stopped late in the game uh, for BYU there. And that the was right was, there. The moment was, was <sighs> immense. Prime time. Yes. NBC. Like you're putting for birdie and you end up three putting and getting a bogey. And it's like, oh, man, I was, yeah. I was right there. Yeah. And it didn't help that um, it's tough to golf with a bad shoulder. And yes, Jaren it is. Hall had Hall. a bad shoulder. Didn't practice all week. And unfortunately, BYU didn't feel like Jacob Conover was ready to start that game. If Baylor Romney is on the team, does BYU win the game? They approach it differently. They do approach it. And nice they attack, approach. They golf. attack yep. better. Yep. They finish at the hole. Mm hmm. Uh, they get the ball to Epps. They Notre Dame had no answer. They wouldn't have laid up a couple times. They would have gone at it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would have been a whole different experience. Yeah. Okay, par for me was winning two games in the WCC tournament as a five seed. Uh, BYU had never been lower than a four. And par's an expected so par, score. So par was like, we expect this. Yeah, yeah, we expected BYU to win a couple games. Hey, winning the quarterfinal against LMU, we actually expected that, despite the struggles of this team. So that was good. Birdie. Um, was beating Boise State in potentially the last meeting in football maybe ever yeah. on the blue. That was and, nice. And the way they did it was, was, and the like, way they did was it. like chipping in from the bunker. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Holding out, uh, you know, from, from the rough. Let's go. Uh, okay, and then the ace, the hole-in-one. Uh, that would be Baylor. That would be beating the Big 12 champs in overtime early in the season. We don't know that they're not going to have a great year. We don't know that BYU is going to lose four in a row. Uh, a couple weeks later. Yeah. That was the best win of the year, and it was tremendous. Any P5 win at home over a team who won the league the year before? Like, how many times has BYU beat a P5 champ the next year? I mean, that, that was the ace. Okay. All right. Here, I'm going with 
Uh, let's start with a quadruple bogey. I'm going with getting pounded by Santa Clara at the Marriott Center. Santa Clara was good, but you're at the Marriott Center, and BYU was lifeless last night, la that night from top to bottom, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the fans were stunned, and it was just like a, it was a game no one wanted to be at. You still playing for the NIT at that point, yeah. and that didn't help. And that was unfortunate, so that's the double bogey. Uh, for the bogey, I'm going to go with the Oregon loss. Now, Oregon was better than BYU, but BYU went up there, what, number 12? Yes, we number thought BYU was going to go compete and win and, this game. And we're thinking that, well, if they go up and beat Oregon, who just got hammered by Georgia two weeks earlier, Yeah. Uh, then all of a sudden we're talking about a special season. Yeah. And, Unfortunately, and that's how fast you're we wearing Oregon green today, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oregon <laughs> handed it to them. That was, that was a bogey. That's where you go, you know what, this, this special round – Got derailed by that bogey. To me, that felt like a snowman at the time, though. Honestly, <laughs> it, was, it was tough, right? It was. It was. Yeah. I think uh, par game, I'm going to go with Stanford. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason being is that that'll put uh, the Cougars at 6-1 and one against the Pac-12 over two years. You know, we, we expected that. You already got L.J. Martin from that game, by the way. Yeah. Because David Shaw ends up uh, stepping down. L.J. opens up his recruitment. Depending comes to BYU. on how he goes next year this time, I might move that game to a birdie. I, if L.J. Martin rushes <laughs> for like 500 yards, yeah, that game goes up, right? <laughs> My birdie game was back to basketball, and it was beating Utah. At Rudy Williams' finest hour, 26 points and no turnovers. It was awesome. Um, it was the same day as the New Mexico Bowl, so we were bouncing back and forth with our coverage. Yep. Uh, but I, I just thought Utah was pretty good. They had beaten number four Arizona. Um, they came in faster, bigger, taller, and su supposedly better. And BYU led for, I think, 33 minutes. Hit the big shots when they had to. So that's my birdie game, sticking it to the Utes at the Marriott Center, when we kind of thought that they were going to be in big trouble. Despite the struggles of BYU men's basketball. Yeah. Still yeah. the Utah. It was like, hey, got a good drive, a good approach. All of a sudden, you nail the putt, birdie the hole, like, you, hey, you move on. Hey, we're making, the, we're making March Madness. Uh, <laughs> no, they didn't. It was uh, hole two of 18. Hole two of 18. But it was a great hole. But it was a great hole. And you enjoy the wins when you get them. And the uh, ace, I'm going to agree with you. The ace is the, the Baylor win. Yeah. On a magical night mm -hmm. with the commissioner here. And the stadium full. It was the first uh, two-hour home game of the BYU. Came saying, over game and day. You know, hey, Jets. Jets mentioned, of course. And it was nice. just magical the way um, the defense ended up saving the day yeah, at the end. Absolutely. When we thought it would be the offense having to go out there and and do it by themselves, yep. the defense came back and and it had all the drama. All it was, the drama. It was another of one kicks. of those late night home games at LES that BYU wins, right? Which was pretty cool. So that's the ace, the Baylor game. Okay, our question of the day is this. In honor of the Masters, what's BYU's tradition unlike any other? Before we get to your responses, what's your answer? Well, it used to be firesides on Friday nights. <laughs> Ranked number one in the country. <laughs> that's out. So what do you, Cougar Tail, ice cream to the visiting fans. That's a tradition unlike any other. And it won Keaton Slovis's parents over, and now he's the starting quarterback. I think you got to go vote for that. And one of the misperceptions of a tradition unlike any other for BYU is that the Cougars travel well. The Big 12 is going to learn there. that the fans already live there. They live there. And there are Cougars who come from out of town. Yeah. What, um, you, what about you? I would add to this uh, being stone cold sober, number one in the country is a tradition. Used to be throwing tortillas on the field after touchdowns. <laughs> Cougar tails, socks and sandals, tunnel singing. We got some weird deals. Yeah. We talked about it with Jeff Hansen yesterday. The uh, Air, Air uh, Monarchs, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. Uh, at Blue Cougar 3 on Twitter. This isn't sports-related, but definitely unique to BYU. Tunnel singing. Yes, singing. tunnel singing is unique to BYU. At Grizzfather on Twitter. Cougar Tales. Preseason national champs. Absolutely. <laughs> Cosmo, undisputed best mascot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cosmo is the GOAT. Level. 
Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you miss any of our episodes or interviews on BYU Sports Nation, it's easy to get caught up. Watch them all at BYU TV Sports, uh, BYUSN.com, or on the BYU TV app. You can spend all day there. You can spend a month there. You can spend a year there catching up. It's like Inception. If you like Grand Slams, our next guest is your guy. Cooper Vest is in the house ahead of baseball against San Francisco tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Best motors to third with a triple. Huge out for Mavius. Cougars looking to win tonight, beginning a three-game series against San Francisco. Dave's going to lose the green later because that's the Don colors. I'll be um, putting the blue on. Yeah, put the blue on, of course. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann. Our next guest is on the baseball team, sophomore outfielder Cooper Vest from St. George, Utah. What's up, Cooper? How you doing, man? Good. Happy to be here. Excited. Welcome to the show. Let's go, man. Um, you know, uh, you're a lefty. We've been talking about Mike Weir, lefty, Steve Young. It's, it's a, a lefty, good day for lefty. It's a lefty day. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this baseball team has finally some good weather. That's not in question. I know it's a little chilly. It's not 30s, but hey, no snow to shovel today. You can actually play, and it's not in question. That's nice, right? If the, if the sun is out and the shovels are gone, then we're good. We're happy to go. That's all you need. We're ready to go, yeah. You're, you're coming <laughs> off the coldest game of your life last week. Yeah. Monday, right, against Washington State? Yeah. It's been every, a long week. It has been a long week, for sure. What, but, what's yeah. it like for the players to deal with so much lousy weather, trying to put a season together, then you look back at some of the records from teams in the South playing 20, 25 games, and you're just, you're just scratching to try and get one of a series in. What, what's that like for the team? I think it just challenges you a lot, like mentally, just to try to block out everything else but your game, really, to just try to simplify it and just really focus on what's necessary to win. See, you're a competitor. I'd, I'd go, hey, Coach Pratt, my shoulder's just tight today. I think I, I'm going to sit over here by the heater. Yeah, you can't claim that uh, your arthritis is acting up when you're uh, 21, <laughs> right. 20 or 21, right? It's a tough sell. Okay, let's talk. I, I mentioned uh, going to break Grand Slams. So Grand Slams are a thing for you. Let's, let's talk about the Grand Slam against Utah Valley because your, your dad, Scott, and your uncle, Wade, played at Utah Valley. Yep. And then you go yard with a Grand Salami against uh, dad and uncle's school. What was that like, man? It was really fun. The night before the game... I can't remember if it was Wade or my dad called me and said, hey, I'm coming up to watch the game, and I want you to hit an oppo bomb against my own mater. And You were like, load the bases? I got you. And sure enough, I didn't even think about it. And then after the game, I remembered. I was like, oh, my gosh. I did. Good for them. When, when he calls you today with a to-do list, write it down. I need to. And, 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 <laughs> I need to so, follow that exactly. he's got something going here. Okay, and, exactly. and then I was told that in high school, you won a state title on a walk-off Grand Slam. Is that right? Yep, we won the state title at UVU at that field. At that same a, field? On a walk-off home run. What was that like to win state on a Grand Slam walk-off? That's like the best possible situation, man. It was pretty fun. I was, I was up in the clouds for sure. I don't know if my feet were on the ground while I did it and after, but... Like, did I touch all the bases? I, I did after a while, but yeah. When you hit a collegiate home run, which most of us won't do in our lifetime, mm -hmm. uh, how much better does it feel than a high school home run? or a little league home run? My first one was actually this year, so it wasn't until my third year, so right. it, feel, it felt a lot sweeter for sure just because of the delayed, the delayed feeling, but it's, like I said, your feet aren't really on the ground and you're just... You just float around the base. Exactly, that's how it is. Let's talk about that journey for you. As a freshman, you played a bunch. 
but uh, you have five homers this year. Last year, a shoulder injury kind of kept you out. What's it been like to sort of get to this point where you're more comfortable and now you're, you're hitting bombs, man? I think just like the gratitude and like ability to be on the field with the guys, especially like at this school, it's just, there's not much to be, just kind of sit around and pout about. You just are grateful to be out there every day, whether it's in Pullman and it's 28 degrees in wind or it's in Provo and the sunshine, it feels like 70 degrees and really it's only like 45 or 50, but. Hey, it's, Saturday, it might feel like 70 degrees. Saturday, I'm really excited. Right? I know, I'm That's excited exciting. for it. Uh, this team has been killed by injuries. You know, Deming, your third baseman. Watkins, your shortstop. Pratt, your second baseman. Cole Gamble, just back after an ankle issue. You've had to try to hold down left field, and you've done some first base and some designated hitting. But when the team is gutted like that with such production at the plate, and then the turnaround to young guys, sophomores, and a slew of freshmen, mm -hmm. the challenge is huge. Yeah, the so, challenge has been really good, but I love the I love the young guys and their just kind of ability to play the game the way they've always played their whole life. They just came in and stepped up and still figuring it out, but they're doing amazing. Couldn't ask for any more. How are you approaching this particular series with San Francisco given, hey, you guys need to play well to try and make the WCC tournament and be top six? Yeah, I think every week you, obviously your goal is to win every game that you go out in there and play, but... This week especially, like as we've been preparing, we know there's a little bit more on the line. And you kind of feel your back starting to get against the wall a little bit more each and every day. And we're just excited to play and excited to play in Provo for sure with some good weather. We're excited for it. Gary Scheide and I have the luxury of, and Greg Rubel of studying the lineup. So now you've batted in eight different spots in the lineup. So What's the one you haven't? We're, yeah, ninth. I think probably I'm, I yeah, don't stay away that. from nine. If, you, if there's <laughs> one to stay away from, stay away from nine. Where, where do you want, where, where are you most comfortable hitting in that lineup? Lead off, clean up, what? I'm most comfortable hitting wherever the team needs me to win. Like that's when you're most comfortable, I think, is when the team's kind of clicking on all cylinders. And Okay, now that's your answer to us. But if you're talking to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's well, just us here. It's Cooper. just us here. <laughs> I mean, I've loved every spot in the lineup. I've always loved two. I've always loved the guy gets of, on first, and then you get to move him around. Exactly. Okay. So I always told Ozzy, like, I want to hit behind Ozzy this year. Like that's what my, what my goal was. And obviously, with him down, you just kind of learn to love to hit behind guys and in front of big bats and Zapiti and Wilk. So it's been fun all the way around. Here are the numbers for the season so far for Cooper Vest. How would you evaluate your uh, redshirt sophomore year? Um, I'm just grateful to be out there, but I'm also super proud of just kind of how I've gone about things and prepared. I've been super fortunate enough to be able to play this game again, and along with helping my surgeons and trainers, like Judd's been awesome throughout the whole process, as well as your family, like your supporting cast is everything, especially in a game like baseball where you're not succeeding majority of the time and you're still a really good player. So. What it, this team has, has suffered a lot of defeats, more than you'd expect. It was picked to finish third in the league, which you can still do. But as you go through these uh, speed bumps, uh, again, with a young roster, because some of the older guys are, are hurt, what have you been able to do leadership-wise to kind of help hold things together? And like in tonight's lineup, you're the hot bat. You're the guy that's got to produce tonight. Mm -hmm. I think being able to connect with the young guys as well, like I've been the young guy on the team for the last two years, but being able to connect so well with the young guys, like 
couple from St. George, a couple from Spanish Fork and American Fork just up here. Like I hang out with those guys all the time and we're able to connect. It's like, I feel like I'm that in between age, like really to where I can be, like you said, that leadership in that leadership role. But also like if there's a guy that's leading that night and to just kind of follow his lead and make sure to do my job the best I can. Let's go back to that last homestand. Um, played a doubleheader against mm -hmm. St. Mary's. It was like 28 degrees. There's four feet of snow around the stadium. <laughs> Not a drop in the stadium because of the heater and all that. But you guys had to go out and shovel in the morning because there was too much snow and then some freezing rain, which the heater couldn't keep up with. So you had to go help it out. Yeah. So you're out there shoveling snow ahead of a doubleheader. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking to yourself, I picked the right sport. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly happy with how this is. Yeah, I don't know if that's what our mood was the entire time shoveling, <laughs> especially me. But like you said, it just kind of being around the guys in other places besides baseball kind of builds your relationship just because you have a deeper connection than baseball. So yeah. I think it helped us out it was a, a lot. a bonding activity. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think it's just all fun and games. You, you can guarantee a win in shoveling as well. Yeah. You're like, we did that. We won this. We're one and Most teams this. haven't had to shovel. Which, exactly. It's, it's uh, unique to BYU. We're talking to Cooper Vest from the, the baseball team here on BYU Sports Nation. How's school right now for you? Because I know finals are coming up in, what, a week or two? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster for sure with being on the road as much as we are. But it's playing a little bit of catch up and playing a little bit of getting ahead so that you don't got to do as much homework on your game days on the weekends. But it's And then the last couple of weeks, you can play free of of uh, past school class for a minute. Yeah. it's got to be liberated which is part of the point of being here but it's nice when <laughs> exactly. you don't enroll in spring right away you know yeah april 21st after that day i think the ball starts getting a little bigger and the pitchers start throwing <laughs> a little bit harder for sure you know the date i love that isn't yeah. it interesting how baseball mirrors the academic experience at byu there's easy innings there's rough innings there's innings that sometimes you don't make it out of uh but you go through this journey, you mentioned it's catch up, sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're nailing a class, sometimes it's a struggle, um, but, but you keep playing and, and, and you play hard. Once you get to the ninth inning, uh, they hand you a diploma and, and send you out the door. Exactly. As long as you don't quit. Exactly. You know, everyone's here to help you finish. Yeah, it's a nine inning game every single day. Well, good luck against San Francisco. And uh, hey, maybe we'll see one go oppo again. Maybe your dad will, <laughs> will hey, I need another one against another green team. Let's go. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation yeah, karma. Good luck tonight. Karma. Thanks and, for having uh, me. We'll see you on the BYU TV and BYU Radio Ops tonight. Sounds good. Let's go. Looking forward to seeing number seven. You can see Cooper and the Cougars tonight against San Francisco. Game one of the three-game series, 8 o'clock Eastern time. We're live on the BYU TV app. Gary Scheide and I will be on the call. Greg Rubel will anchor the radio play-by-play -play on BYU Radio. Double coverage tonight, Cougars and Don. And BYU was left out of a Big 12 cross-conference event. Why, we're okay with it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Dave, clad in master's gear. I am Jerem. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Cooper Vest pointed out that this was also the same colors as the San Francisco Don. Yeah. So this will be coming off. Yeah, this as is we for get now. That's for the broadcast. For later, Just yeah. a master's yeah. thing. Yeah. College football film room. 
tweeted out this graphic on Jaron Hall saying he was 15.1% above average on what they call explosive routes. What do you make of this stat? It validates what we felt like during the season and have talked about, which is Jaron Hall is an elite thrower of uh, down the field, particularly against the sideline. Over the middle was not necessarily his strength. I would say it was a weakness, but certainly that'll be something you'll have to develop at the next level. But his ability to push it down the field makes him very attractive, not to mention he doesn't really turn it over. So he's throwing downfield, but he's not turning it over. He's an NFL quarterback. We'll see who picks him up. The analyzation of this stuff is so over the top. It drives me crazy, especially now I as love we're it. into April I love with the draft it. later in the month. Just give me a quarterback that can win games. And he's a quarterback that's won games. And I think you learned that in the interview process. I'm very curious to see how the draft shakes out. And the Colts' interest in him is so weird to me because they're going to pick a QB at four. So I'm wondering, do they just want another rookie backup? Washington did this a couple years ago. Or do they, they trade for and take him later and get somebody else? Well, at four, when you don't have a quarterback, you take a quarterback. Yeah. I'd be shocked if they don't take you know, Strange whoever's take available. Yeah. C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young feel like one of those two picks. But they're affordable. You can get two at a good rate as opposed to going to the free agent. I don't like the fit for Jaron, though, because obviously that guy in front of you is the guy. Men's Hoops was left out of the Big 12 Big East battle next year. Are you disappointed? No, I'm not. I think Houston's ready for all that. They're the only team of the newcomers that are in this mix. The Big 12 doesn't, the Big East doesn't have enough teams. They have 11. Yeah. So three teams are out. I think BYU's fortunate to be one of the ones out because they need more time to prepare about getting in. So I was yes. okay with that. At first it's like, what? We're not, we want to be in all things. but. But that one might be better served if we're in the next year. In non-conference, I want BYU to play in one multi-team event, or MTE, where they have a couple quality games, quad one and twos, and then I want BYU to mail it in. Because in league, BYU's gonna play double the amount of quad ones they've ever played. It's gonna be the hardest basketball schedule BYU's ever had. BYU does not need to schedule tough in non-conference. Does not need it. This portal shopping's been interesting because you follow it on Twitter and BYU's reached out to every single person. I think a thousand players. And they did last year too. And and it's like, can any of them stick? And uh, and we'll see as they as they come in for visits. But yeah. the shopping's going on. Yes, the scheduling, I'm curious to see when the schedule comes out. I was not disappointed to see them out. I want it to be super weak in non-conference. <laughs> because otherwise it's gonna be even tougher unnecessarily. In honor of the Masters, what is the one sporting event that remains on your bucket list? Definitely is the Masters. Um, sure. It would be fun to go to an NBA Finals, uh, you know, or the World Series. When it, last year, the Mariners made the playoffs for the first time since 01. North America's longest playoff drought. I went to game three, it was the 18-inning game. It was awesome. Mariners lost. Was it, it one to nothing in 18 innings? Yes, yes, it was crazy. I didn't make it. It was so fun to go to that, even though the Mariners lost. Um, so that was a bucket list, like Mariners in the playoffs. But the Masters themselves would be awesome. Uh, it would be great. I think the Masters would be cool. I'd like to go to a Cubs World Series game. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to work through it all in You're gonna have to wait another 97 years. <laughs> I may have to wait. <laughs> the Super Bowl, I've had a chance to beat the Super Bowl and the Indy 500, the Olympics. Yeah, um, good list. Uh, the Final Four, and, and those were all fine and good. My team wasn't in them. So it was an event-driven, well, this is kind of cool, but there was no rooting interest, yeah. per se. But um, I think sitting there with a hot dog and a Pepsi and my brothers, and Andrew, my son, watching the Cubs, and my That'd daughter saying cool. they're Cub fans, just the, the family, I think that would, be a, that would be a bucket list moment. I've seen BYU men's volleyball lose four national championships in person. That's hard. I would like to see BYU win the national championship in person. 
that's on the list too. When we're talking micro BYU stuff. And hey, BYU football winning a Big 12 title. Like that would be cool. It'd be cool. Let's let's plan to be at that. Let's one. let's be at that one. That one's coming up. Okay, back to the Masters. What would be your choice for a champions dinner menu? I thought about this. I'd fly my mother in, uh, and I'd put her in charge. Uh, roast beef, ketchup provided, mashed mm. potatoes and gravy, grilled carrots, orange rolls. This is a my Sunday dinner at most houses in Utah. Right. This would. I'd be taking this. To yeah, the yeah. 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 Uh, garden salad with Thousand Island. I'd bring everyone back okay. to the to nature's beauty. <laughs> The coldest of Dr. Peppers, and then uh, for dessert, a chocolate marble cake with chocolate frosting. That would be my champion's dinner at the Masters. I was hoping you'd be a little more specific, Dave. <laughs> uh, mine is the five S's, and I did this at my last birthday party. Steak, shrimp, salmon, salad, soda. The five S's. The five S's. It was glorious. That's how you, that's what you'd take. That's my guests. favorite meal. The Sunday feast is what we call and it. And Slurpee, apparently, out. the control room. Yeah, Slurpee. <laughs> That'd be good too. Mesa High School, which is Lee Kamard's alma mater, former Cougar star and, and current assistant coach for the women's program. He tweeted out pictures of a, a new weight room on campus. The school did. It's high school. Jackson Emery used a tweet to take a playful jab at Lee, writing, this is Jackson, Lee Kamard response, we had a weight room? Is this an unfair <laughs> or justified shot at the great Lee Kamard? I love Lee Kamard. I'm friends with Lee. Lee has looked the whole time like he never lifted a weight in his life. Or ate anything. But it didn't matter. Oh yeah, no, I was told Lee ate like garbage at times. You know, <laughs> But it didn't matter. Lee is one of the best overall players BYU's ever had. He's a great coach. The players love him. That's funny. 20 years from now when we see Lee, we'll see if the metabolism He'll still be skinny, up. yeah. If he's still skinny and bone, I guarantee that's it. how he was meant to yep. be. But you're right. Uh, he might get pushed out of the lane. He'd just step back and hit the shot away. Yes, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. And he could rebound. He'd dunk. He could do it all. He'd do all those things. Yeah. And uh, now he's out recruiting, and they've, they've amassed one of the best recruiting classes in the history of the women's basketball program. Dave, I think uh, every team should take note from Coach Whiting and what they've done with women's hoops. Yeah. And Lee. I mean, they, Morgan Bailey and everybody, they've done a tremendous job. I am most excited about their recruiting class of anybody. Football, men's basketball, everybody catch up to women's hoops. And Lee does know. In recruiting that part. That they have a weight room and he gets his players in there. <laughs> he gets them in there, absolutely. In there. You don't need to lift now. <laughs> After the break, it's back. Great plays from Cougar Sports in golf voice. In our golf voice. In golf voice. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The azaleas are in bloom on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Welcome back to the show. It is a Masters Thursday and to commemorate a tradition unlike any other. We have our own tradition on BYU Sports Nation where we present to you Cougar Sports Highlights in Golf Voices. Around Dave. here, would it be the dandelions or in bloom? Is that, <laughs> is that kind of our thing? Dandelions stink. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to April 21st of 2021. BYU softball facing rival Utah out at Gale Miller Field. Cougars trail 6-5. Utes hit a grand slam to take the lead in the top of the seventh. When Hunter Ava comes to the plate, Jerem. Here we go. Cougars down a run. Sydney Sandez in the circle. In the bottom of the seventh. Ava smashes it down the middle of the fairway. 
and it's gone. BYU ties it up against the Utes. She's gonna love that forever. She's got ice in her veins, Dave, as BYU has tied this game up. A monster shot with a three wood down the fairway as BYU's tied at six. Worst case scenario, we're gonna have a playoff. Martha Epinesa, a run wins it here. And boom goes the dynamite. Into the patrons through the azaleas as BYU takes down Utah dramatically after giving up a grand slam to the Utes, BYU wins this one over its rival. No playoff necessary. It ends on this. What a hit and what a moment for Epinesa and the Cougars. Back to you in the clubhouse. That was beautiful. Well done. It, it, it was a beautiful moment. It was awesome. <laughs> okay, how about we take it to Boise on November 5th as the Cougars faced Boise State. Cougars down 28-24 and maybe the last game ever versus the Broncos on the blue. It's fourth and goal. And we bring it to live action on the blue turf. Maybe the worst colored turf <laughs> in America. Puka Nakua in the corner of the end zone. The only question is, does he get a foot down? Jaron Hall going to his number one man, the best club in the bag, and Puka Nakua pulls it in. Here's another look. The catch, the feet touch down, and Jerem, this is a moment that the patrons will never forget, even those who were hoping he dropped it. The rules officials have deemed that he did not ground the club, and it is indeed good. Touchdown for Puka, and the celebration erupts on the sidelines. A moment unlike any other. On the blue what turf. What kind of birds are those that we just heard? They cannot be native. <laughs> They're ducks. To Boise. They're attracted to the blue. They think it's Apparently water. they've landed. Yeah, that's not true, by the way. <laughs> Boise State's like, no one's done that here. That hasn't happened. One of the legends of the, of the game. <laughs> to the hard court now. Okay, Cougars in Vegas taking on Creighton. They led by 11, if you remember, with three and a half minutes to go. And then I things, remember that lead. Things unraveled. And now it went away. Blue Jays scored 12 straight points. Now they're ahead by one with 26 seconds left. It's 80 to 79. Let's go live to Las Vegas, Jeremy. Dallin Hall was a missionary just a couple of months ago. Now he's trying to beat Creighton with the basketball. Trey Stewart sets a screen. He gets the switch, puts it up, misses, and lays it in for the go-ahead bucket. A great up and down by Dallin Hall. Creighton now pushing the other way, trying to get the winner. Ryan Nebhart, Trey Alexander to the corner. Sheriff Mitchell for three, and the win, mm. no good. As Dallin Hall and the Cougars chip it in and tap it in to be victorious. Blue Jays, Blue Jays leave it short of the cup. Here's another look at the tap in for Hall and the Cougars escape. Uh, what could have been the, mo the most painful outcome? I believe we might have heard from Blue Jays uh, on this, in this segment already. Blue Jays responded with a nice season on tour. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> and it was the live tour and they made a lot of dough. You know, with the NIL, isn't everyone on the live tour? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Just hope those uh, checks cash. Uh, and last but not least, September 18, 2021, BYU hosting Arizona State in football. It's first and 10. Uh, BYU's up 21-17. Over to Dave on the 34-yard. BYU looking for a second straight win on tour after defeating the Utes just a week earlier. That's Jaron Hall in some trouble, throws it up. 
and Merlin Robertson bringing it down. He's heading to the other end zone, but Tyler Algier out of nowhere, up with the spike. That's a ball mark he won't need to replay. And Jaron Hall on the recovery. And talk about saving a round, Jerem. That was an unbelievable recovery by Tyler. I did talk to a rules official. He said that punching a golf ball out is odd, but legal. So just congratulations. A moment unlike any of the others at LES. Yeah, uh, this year's version, less offensive uh, than last year's apparently. <laughs> uh, let's introduce you to a new project called The Mental Game featuring Tyler Haas as he talks with BYU athletes from various generations about the mental side of sports and what it takes to succeed. The most recent episode features Chad Lewis. Here's a bit of that segment. I've been one year, two games at the Eagles, broke my ankle, was cut, picked up 10 weeks later. And when I was checking myself into the Rams facility, I, I asked the coaches and some of the people I was checking in, do you guys happen to have a sports psychologist? And they're like, yeah, this guy right here. And I said, uh, can I talk to him? They're like, yeah, you can talk to him. I said, can I talk to him right now? <laughs> That's great. And they're like, sure. So I went up to him, met him. And I said, hey, I'd love to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, that's great. Let's set up a time. You know, sometime I'll be around. I said, what about right now? <laughs> Let's do we it right now. right then. And we jumped into a little, we found an office, and I just started talking. I had some good experiences and bad experiences from my first year and two games. And I was unloading on him in a way that was so healthy. That was his profession, sports psychology, sports performance and it was my greatest need. Hmm. And I found really quick that he helped me develop muscles that I needed to develop. The great Chad Lewis, check out The Metal Game with Tyler Haas, episodes available on the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. Coming up, our rise to shout out to a man who gave everything to the alumni game. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Victor Hovland uh, up two shots uh, so far. He's that's a Sounds like you're still in your golf Yeah, well, I'm just in the mood looking at your uh, quarter zip here. Uh, our question of the day is this. In honor of the Masters, what is BYU's tradition unlike any other? There are several. Uh, so continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, flattery will get you on the air. So, at Ames Flames, big fan of the show, what's up? Content, access, we're lucky to have BYU TV and BYUSN. No other fan base gets to know the players as well as we do. It's part of the reason I'm such a huge fan. Knowing the players and their families and their stories makes it bigger than just sports. We appreciate that. Of course we feel that. like yeah. uh, you know, we, we can be a part of that connection with BYU Athletics. It's, it's not just uh, you know, a person with a number and BYU on it that goes and... It's a person with a story. We got to know Cooper Vest a little bit more today, which is great. And this format allows us yeah. to give opinions. Yeah. And analysis. Some yeah. of it's critical, some of it's softball type stuff, but it's it's the hour of the Literally day where stuff. you can actually find out what's going on on campus yeah. and, and why and, and, and then get some opinions of people that, that you've seen around for Trust a while. Trust me, we have the most fun. We're glad you have fun yeah, as well. That's great. Um, uh, yeah, we'll be Venmoing you soon. At CLN Score Living on Twitter. Cosmo going viral. Yeah. 
like multiple times a year, Cosmo does something uh, to go viral. Last year it was like doing like three flips in the air. Like uh, the that. table stack kind of push up was unbelievable. The insurance waiver that <laughs> must be signed before he goes, hey, why don't you just, why don't you just launch me up in the air 50 what feet? What if we I'll do this? Do some stuff. Sign this real quick. Okay. How about when he did all those push-ups yeah. up the things? To me, that was one of the most unbelievable feats of strength we've ever seen. Yeah, life risking, but that's how he rolls. Yeah, labrum destroying. Then he uh, comes out and busts a few moves. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. At J underscore Royal on Twitter. Stone cold sober champs. To me, this is the greatest tradition that BYU has, is that it always wins that every year. Yeah. And how do we celebrate? We always drink chocolate, chocolate milk. Milks. From that's the amazing right. creamery at BYU. It's awesome. Uh, Superfly Trent. Trent thinks very highly of himself on Instagram. Popcorn popping. <laughs> In the fourth quarter, the band's playing it. People were alternating when they're standing up. And where BYU TV's position for game day is just above the concession stands, and they're always popping oh. the popcorn. Oh, and there's and like caramel the, corn and, and the some al- chicken cinnamon oil, almonds. And all the aroma comes mm. up, and, and that's what we get while we're in a two-hour pregame show. It's like... For the love, I just need to time out so we can go down and get some of that stuff. I worked the so NBA All-Star game, and I was hungry, and I bought some cinnamon-covered almonds. Those lasted me like four days, and every time I ate them, they were unbelievable. <laughs> like, but so good. They know what they're um, doing. Farmer underscore Hiram. We don't know the origins of who Hiram is, <laughs> but we know what he does uh, on Instagram. Throwing tortillas onto the field, Los Cugadores. Yes! I don't remember doing that. Okay, maybe it was just like the, ni- was it like what 80s was and it? 90s, early 2000s? BYU would score a touchdown, and suddenly like a dozen tortillas are <laughs> launched into the end Never any salsa or any of that, it's just the tortillas. That, that'd be so messy, can you imagine? <laughs> it's just got like random you know, tomatoes. In, in hockey, when there's a hat trick, what, yeah. the, the, the Red Wing fans would always throw, um, what? Dead fish down on the, the yeah. Floor, right? Someone throw like squid octopus or, octopus or squid, or yeah, something like that. Then they have to clean it all up. And yeah, Sergey Fedorov's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, going throwing on? stuff. Swoosh live fifty nine on Instagram. For me, the fire dances after the third quarter. That is a new tradition. Uh, my yeah, season, fun. my season tickets are near the visitor section. Every time the fire dance came out, opposing fans love seeing them on the field. Newer tradition. It's very entertaining for all fans. Cool to see Polynesian culture appreciated. Hey, BYU is the first Tongan FBS coach in uh, college football history. Why would we not? Uh, there's, yeah, and, I and think that's cool. We have an affection for fire. We're a stadium of fire. Everybody's a that's huge. An amateur pyro around here, throwing that stuff around. I mean, who isn't thinking, "Hey, I should do that at the house." Yeah. Uh, but fortunately, we don't. But I think it's it's great. It just brings everybody back. And we had some cold nights out there. Yeah. So having some f- open flames. You would the just stadium, hang it. Yeah. I, what what I thought was weird for you was just taking off your shirt and standing by them as if. You were there. You yeah. didn't have the baby oil I or whatever. I promised but uh, my wife I wouldn't do that this season. Again, yeah. It I, caught me by surprise. It's kind of kind of along in, with everyone. Kind of interesting. I need a coach at Arkansas if I, before I could just start taking my shit. <laughs> start throwing. You know what's interesting about that our was, golf voices today? Yes. If the world communicated in their golf voice, mm-hmm. there'd be so few fights because it's hard to argue with someone who's going. It's less emotional. Know, it's like well, it's very toned down. You're right. I went to the store to get the milk, and I came home with donuts. And I forgot that. I'm moment. very upset with that. You. you can't argue with that. You're just like, okay. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> Think about it. If you got a lot of calamity in your life, use your golf voice Talk more softer. often. Especially in interactions with people that you're hostile with. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a game changer. That hostility is manifest in volume. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Bring it down low. Talk and like you're in the celestial room and it just simmers down. <laughs> There's uh, something about that. At Herman Deutsch. Hmm. Milk and soft drinks, including colas, being the hardest beverages you can buy. Uh, 
and imbibe to excess at games. We yeah. go hard here. Yeah. L like literally milk and donuts. <laughs> that's, that's how I we I still roll. think it's a little much that we cut everyone off from the chocolate milk after the third quarter. I a think. little odd. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, Timmy, you've had too many. It's like, uh, you're good. Here's a cougar tail. Here's a chocolate milk and, and some ice cream. You know, we got a good over there. Yeah. Come September 2nd when it's like 90 and the place is full and there's a Big 12 logo painted on the grass. That'll and be the beautiful. the team comes running out in whatever uniform configuration they come up with for that night. And they were all just sitting there in a sold out place going, you got it pretty lucky here. We've waited for this moment against Cincinnati on a Friday night. Yeah. September 29th, is that what it was? Uh, like Before conference. Um, don't be like Ron Burgundy, though, in that moment and consume a bunch of milk. Because then you'd say milk was a bad choice. <laughs> Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Aggie Fan Dan on Twitter. Aggie Fan. Interesting. What are you doing here? Hi. Uh, Cougar Tails. I heard uh, a chocolate one came out. Briefly. Let me know if Cheesecake or Reese's one makes an appearance. <laughs> that would be nice, right? A cheesecake Cougar Tail. Mm. I, 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 I would like a pumpkin show up more often. Pumpkin chocolate chips, really, would be nice. Just seasonal one around uh, Halloween. Halloween game, yep. Yep. something like that. Okay, today's rise shout out is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our friend Max Hall is undergoing surgery today to repair his uh, ruptured Achilles, which happened toward the end of the alumni game. It kept Max from delivering a second straight winning drive, which we know he would have done. Max, we're with you. Our prayers are with you. Good luck today and a speedy recovery. He'll be on set for the Oklahoma game. Beat Oklahoma. Absolutely. He's on set for the That's Oklahoma awesome. game in November. Our thanks to today's guest, Cooper Vest. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And on BYUSN.com. They're all on demand. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Sorry to Dennis, no time. We'll see you tonight for baseball.